Welcome to Where Will You Go, the FBC Tullahoma Missions Podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go? As we seek to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel message of Jesus Christ from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth. In today's episode, we're going to be interviewing our very own evangelist, Reverend Master Barber, Adam Cutshaw. We hope you'll stick around and be challenged and encouraged to consider where you will go and how you can be a part of the mission. All right, we're glad today to have Adam Cutshaw with us in the pod. Adam, if you wouldn't mind, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, who you are. Yeah, Pastor, thanks for having me here today. Uh, so, Adam Cutshaw, I'm a, an evangelist uh, with Audience of One Ministries. You can find out uh, a little bit more about us at aofone.org. Uh, growing up, I grew up here in Middle Tennessee and uh, was brought up in a fundamentalist home, fundamentalist background. And uh, our, our parents uh, did love God and, and loved his word. And I did, did the best they could with what they knew and what they understood. And I, I think they did a great job with that. So fast forward, made a lot of false conversions as a, as a young person and even teenager. And then get off into college and uh, really begin to see that there were things not lining up in my life. There was, there was, there was no new birth. There was no uh, desiring the things of God. And a lot of conviction. There was probably about a two or three year period. I got married at 20 years old. And uh, just began to to see that uh, there was just a lot of, of sin and and no um, no conquering of sin at all in my life and probably two or three years of just you know uh, deep dark I, I just described it as God just ground me to dust I was just in a fog and so uh, called out to God one day I was a police officer by that time had graduated college and was working a little side security job and it was just me in a little phone booth and I just called out uh, to the Lord to save me and He did. And life really hasn't been the same. And so our, our prayer then uh, was, where do you want me to go? If you want me to go to a factory, I'll tell everyone about you. Do they fire me? If you want me to stand on a street corner, I'll do it. If you want me to pastor, whatever you want me to do, Lord, just show me what to do and I'll do it. And so uh, we, we began to uh, be called um, to different churches and preach in our home church, started an elder track in, in the church we were attending. And there was an older man that mentored me and said, you know, I want you to come preach at our church. And it just seemed the Lord continued to open these doors. And I, I pastored once, or excuse me, preached once at a church. And that pastor had left to plan a church. Um, and six months later, they called me and said, hey, you preached here one time. Would you be interested in being our pastor? So I went through the whole process, and they called me uh, to pastor. And uh, I pastored that church for about three and a half years. But before I was a, a full-time pastor, we, we did a lot of street evangelism and uh, open air um, this gospel proclamation. We had we'd had a ministry in the, in the housing projects, and uh, the Lord just opened some doors and gave us some opportunities and drawed us back into uh, the field and the highways and, and byways. And so uh, we've we've left the pastorate, and we're now uh, members of a church called Calvary Baptist. I'm an evangelist there. Uh, they they support us and they support our family while I'm gone. I'm uh, married <clears throat> uh, to Whitney. Uh, my wife, she's from Kentucky. I met her in, in university while I was playing football up there at a college in Kentucky. And we have five children now, uh, Caroline, Kalel, R.C., and uh, twins. They're one-year-old, identical twin girls, Remnant and Jovial. We call them Remy and Jovi. And uh, as you said in the introduction, I am a, a master barber. I own a barbershop here in Tallahoma, so that gives a lot of opportunities uh, for ministry as well. Yeah, just for a commercial break, I get my hair cut there. Recommend you going over. Uh <laughs> Getting your hair cut at Cutshaw's Classic Barbershop. So, Adam, you um, 
you mentioned you are kind of a street evangelist at times. So tell me what you do. Like, give me an example of what you do at a, in a normal week or a normal month uh, in your evangelism ministry. Yeah. For many people, it's kind of a foreign concept. But as you begin to look at uh, not only the New Testament, you're seeing Jesus out in, in the fields. Um, but as you begin to look at church history, that is not a foreign concept at all uh, to be in the highways and the byways and the street corners and the public places and, and, and the markets. And, um, and so what we'll do oftentimes is uh, I'll partner with Sports Fan Outreach International. We'll go to large sporting events and uh, concerts. And uh, so people automatically think, oh, you're the Westboro type. You're yelling hate and screaming and using you know, vulgar language, and, and that is not true. Uh, multiple times on the street, we've had people come up and say, hey, y'all are not like those other people. And so they can see a difference. Uh, but what we'll do, we will. We'll proclaim um, uh, the gospel in the open air. And the Lord's worthy to be lifted up in front of his creation. And uh, it draws people. And what we like to say in, in the open air and the street preaching community is uh, public proclamation or public preaching uh, results in one-on-one conversations. And so you, you just start reading the Bible in the open air. Or you start preaching the good news of Jesus. People come and whether they want to debate or want to ask questions or want to encourage you or want prayer, you will you will uh, have opportunities to be fishers of men. One of the things I did several years ago, and this is interesting because you just made me think of this, um, and this isn't my time, but I do want to say this um, in relation to preaching in the open air. I, I did a study of the word preach, preaching, preached in the New Testament, and almost every single time, the word is used in the New Testament. It is referring to preaching in the marketplace, mm-hmm. proclaiming the gospel in the marketplace, even if it's one-on-one. That's right. It's heralding. Yeah. And only a few times does it explicitly refer to preaching or teaching in the context of a local church. And when we think of preach, we think of behind a pulpit, smiling congregation most of the time, hopefully. And uh, and biblically speaking, uh, preaching was much more in the marketplace. So uh, obviously... The reason you do this is biblical. Uh, you do this to reach people. Can you go a little deeper? Maybe what is your driving motivation? What is your purpose for saying, I'm going to go to the streets and, and preach the gospel? Yeah, well, God's given us, um, he's given us the word of reconciliation, and he's given us, um, you know, he, he's accomplished the work of reconciliation. And so we've been tasked with the job of going and proclaiming that. And so it's it's to see people reconciled to God, to see people made right with God, um, that they would be set free, that they would be made right with their Creator, and He's worthy of that. He's worthy. Christ is worthy um, of His suffering to receive that full reward. Uh, and and being um, in the streets, in the pulpit, I, I'm kind of a hybrid, I guess, because um, the street preacher guys kind of look at me and they're like, "Man, you you get in the pulpit a lot," and then the pulpit guys look at me and they're like, "Man, you're crazy. You go to the streets and." I don't know what I am. I guess I've always kind of been a misfit and um, my time's probably equally split. Um, and, and I think that matches my calling and, and perhaps personality. And, and for p- if people listening and, and just never experienced this, or maybe they have a desire to preach, uh, be at the pulpit or the street corner, you know, uh, paraphrasing Spurgeon, he said, uh, young man, if you can't find a pulpit to preach behind, go find a, you know, go find a street corner, go find a sidewalk. And so nobody's stopping you from going out and, and heralding the gospel. And, I, and I've seen that being a street preacher, has, uh, has made me a better pulpit preacher, and being a pulpit preacher has made me a better street preacher, um, and they, they balance each other out. All right, so can you give me a one positive story? Oh, brother, uh, I have so many, but we'll keep it short. Um, 
So I just got back from Louisville. We we uh, were at the Kentucky Derby, and uh, there was you know there's always hecklers, and of course when alcohol is involved, it amps people up, gives them a little courage. Those we were there. Uh, I was just reading through the Book of John. A lot of times, you know, it's not all uh, fired up. Sometimes it's just it's just reading the Word of God in the open air. And I will tell you what, I, I don't lean towards extreme uh, charismatics, but uh, you start reading God's Word in the open air, it's going to stir up some demons, and uh, you just be ready. And so uh, I was reading through uh, John, uh, the book of John, and, and what I was doing is I would read uh, John chapter 1, John chapter 2, and, and, I, and I'd made up my mind I was going to stop at the end of John chapter 3. So as I read, sometimes I'll stop and I'll explain a verse, or it'll, you know, it'll recall to, to memory uh, maybe some other teachings of Jesus, and then I'll, you know, I'll just give a short little explanation, and then I'll continue reading. And so I wasn't real animated, actually, it was just... Uh, you know, I would I would say my countenance was very just gracious and, and calm and, and uh, very compassionate. Um, and there was a, a young lady and her uh, husband, or perhaps fiance, I can't remember, but they came up and they said, hey, we're Christians, and um, we can tell that you care. And uh, and so you, you never know what they're going to say, you know, when they mm-hmm. come up. Some people's ready for a debate. Some people's, you know, ready to fight. You just don't know. And so they said, you're, you're sticking with the word of God. We appreciate that. And, um, and then she said something like, uh, and, and you know, just Jesus loves everybody. And, uh, I said, well, well, does he? And, uh, and so we're able to really kind of press her graciously and kindly on, you know, the Bible says the wrath of God abides on the wicked. And so we're here because we want them to know the love of God in Christ in the beloved and, uh, in their you know, all all indications was that she was a Christian, and she was challenged by that, and and she thought about it, and and she said, you know, I see, I see what you're saying. You're you're right there. You have a point, and so uh, it was just able to even build up the church. Um, you know, we, we really thought, you know, if they were in a, a solid church under some really good, consistent preaching, there would be so much growth there for them, and we mm-hmm. encouraged them in that way. And then her uh, a fiance, her husband, uh, he, he said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, you just believe in Jesus and do the best you can. And mm-hmm. uh, we said, well, what do you mean do the best you can? Uh, and so we, we talked with him and, and then he said, well, you know, James says faith without works is, is dead. And, and then we talked a little bit more with him. There's a few other ministers there. And he said, Oh, I get it. Like our faith, we're, we're, we're saved by faith, but we're called to good works mm-hmm. and they prove our good work. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was so encouraging there was not this, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, or this huge debate. It was just Christians talking about the Bible, pressing each other, you know, kindly on some mm-hmm. issues, and them saying, hey, I'm going to bow to Scripture. You've got a point. And, and so that was just encouraging. That just happened a few weeks ago. I have so many more of, of um, just all kinds um, of events that happen on the street. Uh, but, but, yeah, that was, that was a recent one, and it was encouraging to mm-hmm. us. And, you know, we're not out there picketing football or picketing the, the horse races or, pick, you know, it's – there's a lot of people here, and a lot of people need to hear the gospel. Right. The, the goal is the gospel, not to make a point about some other side issue. Exactly. All right. Well, do you know what that music means? If you've listened once, you might. If not, we'll tell you. This is the point where I remind you of or introduce to you the book of the month on missions. And this month, we are looking at Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas by David L. Frazier. He's a guy from Memphis, Tennessee, was working overseas for a time. He's written this book, and I would not be able to recommend this enough to you if you are considering long-term service overseas and for your team to read together, 
There's study questions at the end of each chapter to really probe you to consider, are you ready? What do you need to do to get ready? What changes need to happen in your life? Are you qualified? This book covers the person and your qualifications as an individual, the partners that you work with here and overseas, and the place where you will go. Mission Smart, 15 critical questions to ask before launching overseas. David L. Frazier, if you are considering overseas missions long-term, you and your team need to get this book, and you need to read it together and study through it together. That's our missions book of the month. Now, we are here again with evangelist Adam Cutshaw. He's been sharing with us about his street ministry, his evangelistic ministry. I got one more question for you, Adam, and then I want to tell you something that you don't know I'm going to tell you yet, but I think it's going to be an encouragement to you. Um, as far as evangelism, you know, the Bible speaks of the gift of evangelism. Uh, there's, there's a gift there, but it's also a command. So we don't, we can't play the card. Well, you know, I'm not gifted to be a wonderful evangelist. Um, we're commanded to carry the gospel from here to the least reached peoples on planet earth. So if you're looking at the people in this congregation here at FBC Tullahoma, and they say, what can I do or what should I do to stroke what gift of evangelism I may have, or just to be obedient to what the Bible says, give them some advice on evangelism, if you don't mind. Yeah. I'm motivated oftentimes on correction. <laughs> and Maybe that's just my personality, but you know, this question I think oftentimes is, is if we believe heaven is real, and we do, and we believe hell is a real place, and it is, and we believe that, that God's glory is supreme and that salvation by faith in Christ is the only way, the only hope for any mankind, if, if we believe all that's real, that we will stand before a holy God and we'll give an account. Hebrews, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. All, all, all things living and dead will, will be resurrected and stand before the king. And we're going to give an account. And if the question boils down to this, how much do you hate someone to not tell them the gospel? It has eternal consequences in it. And so that just motivates me to go, I love you. I want to, I want to see you. I want you to be, uh, I want to see you in eternity. I want you to be made right with God. He's worthy of it. Christ Jesus has died for his people. Um, how could I not tell you? And, and it is easy. I understand it. I've, it's going on the street. I, I just tell some of the younger guys that want to go out. And it's just the act of crucifying your flesh because you'll think of every excuse not to go. It, you know, I, I've not, I've not whooped this thing. I've not figured it out. I'm not the master of it for sure. Uh, but it is a, it's just an act of crucifying the flesh and going, and and really, it's it's a, it's loving your neighbor. It's loving your neighbor, telling them that. And so, uh, some practical ways I would encourage you to do that is, you know, work up that courage. And so, you know, don't go alone. You know, get a, get a friend, get a family member. Uh, and, and not everyone is called to the street corner, but I think some people use that as an excuse. Well, I'm just not called to that, so I'm going to sit here. Well, that's true, but you're called to the ministry of reconciliation. We all are. Mm -hmm. And so a gospel tracks are a wonderful way to start that. You know, tip well, leave them with your server. Mm. Always tip well. And I'll tell you what, it blows, it blows their minds going through a drive-thru. Um, and if you give... You know, the young lady or young man there at the, at the window, you know, three bucks. They don't get any money usually for handing you your fast food order. You give them three bucks, the drive through window, and a gospel track. Say, so here, I want you to have this. I want you to have this gospel track. 
And the story on that is we have these little coins, and um, uh, you've even, uh, in the church here, has even uh, helped us with uh, getting some of those gospel tracts and gospel coins. And the gospel coins are really nice. Uh, they're from the way of the master. They have the Ten Commandments on one side. They have gospel message on the other. And so I'll give those out a lot of times. I'll just keep them there in my middle console. And uh, we'd went, uh, I don't like Little Caesars. My wife and children do, and I'm glad mm. they do because it's cheap. Cardboard. But, Cardboard pizza. Yeah, if you let that stuff yeah, cool off. You can't, you can't eat that stuff. But we were going through uh, Little Caesars, and apparently I'd given this gentleman a coin before. And we went back through you know, a month, a few weeks later. I don't know how long. I didn't even remember the man. And he said, hey, man, were you the one that gave me that coin? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, you gave me that the Jesus coin. You gave me that coin. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I, we give those out. And he said, yeah, I took it home, and I, and I set it up on my shelf, and I told my mom not to throw it away, but I think she threw it away when she was cleaning my room. Can I have another one? <laughs> I was like, whoa. You know, I thought people were, like, making a, you know, making a little checklist, like, next time this guy comes through, right. we're spending his food. Right. And, uh, and, and that was just an encouragement to me. Mm. It, was, it was something my children, my wife could see. Wow, th- you know, this, this man, he had saw something in the gospel and in our love for him and had asked for another one. Uh, and so just a practical thing is hand out gospel tracts. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure they're solid. If, if you don't know or you're kind of questioning on that, uh, you know, speak with, speak with your pastor, speak with one of your elders, assistant pastors there, and ask them, hey, is this something good I can hand out? But hand out gospel tracts. Leave them at gas, gas pumps. Leave them uh, in bathrooms. Just wherever you go. Leave them on the break room at work. Put them under, you know, the car you park next door, uh, park next to. Put it, you know, in their door. Just hand out gospel tracts. The, the power of God. You know, just doing that, trusting that his word won't return void. So that's just an easy, practical, maybe you haven't built up that courage yet, um, but ask the Lord to give you that. Have you truly prayed for that? Have you said, Lord, take away my fear for man? And so what it amounts to when we don't evangelize is we fear man more than God. Mm. Um, and so that that's really just what it boils down to. Bottom line, bottom line is, do you fear that person's opinion on you as if it were to matter? Do you, do you fear their opinion more than you fear pleasing God? Well, last week I was in Sugar Creek, Ohio, northern Ohio, up there around Amish country. I uh, ran into a woman from England, originally from England. She now lives in Tennessee, of all places, and I met her in Sugar Creek, Ohio. But I uh, met a woman from England, and she begins to tell us how she came to faith. And she was uh, in London. And her parents were unbelievers. Her family was unbelievers. She had no concept of, of Christianity. And she and a friend were going to a mall to go shopping, and her friend had to run in and get something from a store, and she stayed outside. And she hears this guy across the, the street there, parking lot nearby, saying something. He's actually a street preacher mm. with open-air campaigners. And he's preaching, and she thinks he's selling something. So she goes over, um, doesn't listen to a lot of what he says, but she picks up one of his pamphlets, and her words are, God chose that day, that moment, to pluck me mm. and to save me. Amen. And um, she's now married to a pastor in Tennessee, and she came to faith because a guy was out there preaching on the street. She didn't even hear much of what he said, picked up his pamphlet, came to faith, found out her friend that she was shopping with was a Christian, was able to help disciple her along, get her involved in a church there. The guy who was preaching doesn't even know it. So there's your little encouragement for the day as you go out on the streets and preach the gospel. You never know who's going to pick something up and who's going to be converted by the power of God's grace. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. I think that oftentimes when we hand out tracts is 
You know, this guy puts it in his back pocket. Well, maybe his wife's doing his laundry tomorrow and she sees it. You mm. know, or that guy grabs it and he gets in his truck and he throws it in the floor. Maybe a friend he picks up on the way to work grabs it and reads it. You know, you just don't know. We, you never know. We trust the Lord. Yep. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you being here in the pod for the Where Will You Go Missions podcast of FBC Tullahoma. We thank you, listener, for joining us today. We sure pray that God blesses you as we seek to advance his kingdom from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth.